Welcome into Southern Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. We're here together. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Good time to be with family. Hang out with those folks that you don't get to see very often. I know that can usually go one of two ways, but for us it went awesome. And uh, proof of that is actually my guest on the show today. Casey Cheatham was here. And uh, I'm, I'm married into being Casey's cousin. She's my wife's cousin. She's the drummer for the band Kingfisher out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Casey is, by all accounts, a jazz drumming prodigy. She's in the jazz improvisation program at the University of Michigan's music school. And so is the rest of her band. And they are a group of jazz-trained musicians who are fantastic. And Kingfisher is... Very, very good, and you guys should check them out. Name of their album, Grip Your Fist, I'm Heaven Bound. Just came out. It's fantastic. But uh, Casey's a cool cousin, man, and she's killing it out there. I had been planning this for a while, hoping to ask her to come on the podcast, and she was gracious enough to come over and, and chat with me, and it was good to get to know her a little bit better and to get to know what's happening in the world of new age jazz music. All right, I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Casey Cheatham. We're doing the pop cast. Are you excited? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, me too. I mean, this is what uh, Thanksgiving is about. Yeah. Uh, it's about family time. This is family time. I know. Well, how this are is you? cool cousin family time. It is. It's cool. The the cool cousins are the ones you want to hang out with at Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, absolutely. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. How- I'm 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 glad I'm on break because I'm so busy all the time. <laughs> Like, seriously, like, I haven't slept probably more than five hours since last night. Really? Yeah. Or, or until last night? <laughs> last probably, night was the first time you've slept for five hours? Probably, like, since, like, this past week up until last night. It was uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. Well, I, I'm sure that being in a very popular band and also uh, having the rigor of uh, a pretty serious workload at a prestigious music school is enough to keep someone very busy. And- it definitely is. I will say my workload, I I sort of like worked out my schedule this year so that it wasn't super intense um, so that I could do more of the stuff outside of school that mm-hmm. I'm in so that I wouldn't feel super overwhelmed. And I'm not super overwhelmed, but I'm only taking four classes this semester. Um. And the workload is not insane because a lot of them are classes that won't give homework, like my dance class, my big band class, like jazz big band class is not like won't have homework other than like practicing. So you're able to focus on the professional part of your music career. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) How's that going? Kingfisher's album's awesome. I listened to it again today. Thanks. Well, the whole family did at one point in the living room. That was great. It's going really well. Yeah, we've put put the album out the first weekend in November or the second weekend in November. So it's been uh it's it hadn't been out that long. Not too long. No. But it's uh, going gangbusters. It's going gangbusters for sure. What did you say earlier laid back I'm laid way back in the boogie? 
Did I say that? I don't know, but I, I'm saying it now. I'm laid way back in the boogie for sure. <laughs> I, well, so this is your what? Your second year? This is at, my second year of school at yeah. University of Michigan. Yeah, in Go uh, blue. Yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm, <laughs> but I, but I have become a little bit uh, of a sympathizer to the University of Michigan because you're there, and uh, every time I see those colors, I think I think about you, and Aww. and I. Uh, you know, I, your radio show I know is doing is doing great also, but I, but I do think that this album is like it doesn't seem like people really have the time or the attention to put towards that kind of thing when they also have a full time, you know, workload at school. So how are you? How are you um, like balancing? Am I a professional musician or am I a student right now? That's a great question. I will say that most of the album was recorded over the summer. So mm. that was so I like last semester, so in last spring of this year. Um I remember thinking about well, what did my brother do in college? I always remember when he came home from college for the summer. I think he came home for two summers in a row. And I was like, am I s- supposed to do that? And then I got asked to be in this band and I was like, oh, I, I can't do that anymore. Like I'm this is too exciting. No one else is going home for the summer. I have to stay. So you stayed in Ann Arbor? So I stayed in Ann Arbor um, for my first summer of college as a freshman, which I realized like soon after from talking to people that that usually wasn't how it went. And I realized, oh, all my other freshman friends have gone home. But I stayed. I subletted in the same room that I'm living in now, which worked out perfectly. So Mm. I, anyway, I lived in this room for the summer and then I signed the lease and I stayed in this room. But we recorded all of this album, save um, two songs that had already been recorded um, we recorded it all over the summer and then two people from the band mixed it Sam and Sam mixed it um, like the end of the summer into like the first two months of school so after that it wasn't it wasn't too difficult um, because they sort of handled that all on their own which is cr- crazy and I'm so like thankful that they did that but I didn't have to do much since the end of the summer hmm. Um you just tracked it all in the summer and then it got it got mixed. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. And then so we, then you can focus on school again. Paid someone to master it for us too. Oh, nice. Um so are you guys playing out? You playing live around Ann Arbor? Do you have a big following around there? Or is your following more nationwide? Or how is how is that hmm. all playing well, out? I guess most of the people that know who Kingfisher is live in Ann Arbor or are related to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's like you know, you're you're uh, what's the what's the name of the the snow song? What's snowing all at once? Snowing all at once. Yeah. That song has that song has the most listens out of any of them. But the secret is, so I play the drums for the band. Right. I wasn't in the band when that song got recorded. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know what when that was recorded, but it was before I had come on as the drummer. They had a drummer previously, but he wasn't even the drummer on the song. Our trumpet player. Callum track, track the drums. played the drums for that song. Gotcha. So how many people are in the band? There's eight of us. Wow. There's drums, bass, um, guitar, and like lead vocals are the same person. Slide guitar. Then there's strings. And then there's um, alto saxophone, tenor saxophone, and trumpet. 
It sounds so great, man. I was listening. I was I was sitting in like, I'm, I moved into the parlor at uh, at at the house earlier to the, to listen the to it. Room with the piano. Yeah, the yeah, room okay. with the piano, and it's small, and it's like it, it feels like a room where you need to smoke cigars and listen to jazz. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> I, I listened to probably the first three songs from the album in there, and it was like this is exactly how this was meant to be listened to. This is a chill, uh, like it, it harkens back to. I don't know. It it there, there's a there's a, a nostalgic old feeling about it. It doesn't feel like it it feels like new music, but it f- but it feels classic in its own right and kind of timeless. Also, well, so thank you. yeah. It, it, but I wonder like where where the how you know eight twenty year olds come up with nearly ne- oh yeah you're you're I'm the be- youngest one. Everyone else is a senior. Oh or, really? Or older? Yeah. Okay. I wonder how this group of people came on a style of music like you guys play and how you decided that that was going to be the type of music that you guys yeah. do. Well, I think, well, the person, Sam DeBose, who writes all the lyrics for the songs mm-hmm. and will usually come in with some type of like harmonic idea for a song like a piano part or a guitar part um, is super inspired and myself the same by like Boni Vare and um this other artist called Dijon and I remember being on a phone call with him when he when I first got asked to be in the band and he was like um do you listen to these bands um like Boni Vare, Dijon um Grizzly Bear I was like yeah I love all those people he was like okay before you come and play with us, I encourage you to listen to those songs a lot and try your best to like cry to those songs. <laughs> and then when we play, like that is the vibe. Gotcha. So I I definitely I definitely think like with with pride that our our music is unique. Um, which is really special. It is it is unique. Uh and the the vibe feels the vibe feels like something that I know. But it, which is great because music you want to you want music to make you feel something that you already have inside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys go about it in, you know, in a, a very in a way that feels new and feels it, it. It doesn't feel like it's been done before, but it feels like the vibe is familiar. So I think you you guys are are, are kind of hitting. it. I think it's cozy. It is cozy. I like and I guess for you know people that don't because we haven't played outside of Ann Arbor except for this we went to New York this past summer and played two shows there but we usually ask or suggest that people sit down for the the shows shows. yeah we haven't played a single standing up show except for one which was at this venue in Ann Arbor called the Blind Pig where people sort of have to stand up or else you're sitting on like spilt drinks and dirt (laughs) um but yeah usually we play in like if it's if it's not a venue, it's a basement or someone's living room, mm. and people sit down for the music. It it feel it it feels uh, like a big warm hug mm-hmm. to me. So, are you the only female drummer in the uh, in the music program? No, no, there's I'm more. not. There's one other. There's one other. Okay, um, that I know of in within the jazz program there's another female drummer um there have been others but 
I, I think at this current time within the music program, there's only two jazz drummers, one being myself, but in the classical de- percussion department, and all of those people can play, like, uh, aside from playing, like, etudes on the snare drum and, like, marimba and, like, keyboard instruments like that, they can all play the drum kit, but I don't know that there are any bands. So the, the music program at U of M mm-hmm. uh, is split into like a bunch of different disciplines, right? Yes. So <laughs> the largest group of people is the classical department. And then all of those people are split into their instruments. Okay. So is that like orchestra type stuff? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. There's orchestra. There's, well, there's the symphony orchestra, the philharmonic orchestra, and then there's the symphony band. And I think there's a concert band. So it's, mm. it's like A and B bands, yeah. basically. And then there's the same thing in the jazz program. There's the jazz lab band, and then there's the jazz ensemble. And the na- what's the name? Yours is the, uh, uh, what, the Department of Jazz and Improvisation Studies? Is that mm-hmm. the is that yes. kind of the yeah. group? Yes, I'm a jazz and contemporary improv major, okay. I think. <laughs> I think I am. Because I talked to my advisor um, recently like at the beginning of this semester. And he was like, did you know that last year you were in the wrong major? I said, no, I did not know that. <laughs> but that sounds like it's on you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, like, no, come he, on, man, you're my wasn't, advisor. He wasn't, he, I think I had a different advisor, but I was like, just, if you have any problems, talk to this guy. So I was like, I was like really concerned about the classes I was taking. I was like, I know I'm doing this wrong. I know I'm doing this wrong. This doesn't feel right. Cause I was only taking four classes. I was like, I, this can't be right. Am I even in college right exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. So I went to him and I'm like, he's like, you're so fine. Um, but FYI, you're in the wrong major. <laughs> so for the past year, you have been like taking classes like completely outside of your major. It was like, it was like a bachelor of fine arts, just like in performance. I was like, that's not right. Yeah. So he was like, you should be in the, you should be in the jazz program. Well, how did you get into drums? So I've known you since, uh, let's see. I think you were eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, something like that. And I, I remember music being a part of your life, like pretty soon after that. But what was the, like, what was the the path that got you into actually playing it instead of just being a fan of it? Like, like I am. Yeah. So for one Christmas, Santa got me a drum kit. There you go. And I think it had been probably like eight months to a year. And my parents told me later, but they were like, amongst themselves, they decided she can either stop playing, but if she wants to keep playing, she can take lessons. Hmm. So they asked me, I was like, oh yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm going to keep playing. Cause I think they decided like, if she's going to play it sh- better sound good or like we can't have this loud instrument in the house and it sound like yeah, you know that, shit that's why nobody plays the drums because <laughs> you know you can't grow up in an apartment in new york city and just have a full drum kit and your neighbors <laughs> not be pissed at you all the time yeah, exactly your parents are going to be the same way they're going to want it to they're going to want it to be decent if it's going to be coming out of the upstairs mm-hmm. did you have any other instruments that got you into music or were drums was drums like the first drums were definitely well i, I think i took i remember taking piano lessons as a kid hmm. I was like, this is not for me. It was like classical piano lessons. I think I grew out of it pretty quick because it was just like super regimented. It was like everything was out of a book and it didn't it didn't feel good. Mm. But when I started taking drum lessons, my drum teacher was awesome. He just explained, like I learned how rhythm worked really quickly, how to read it 
I remember like learning that pretty fast. And I really like reading music, which is mm. weird. I, I like it as much as like reading a book because it's, it, it's like a brain exercise to just read rhythms out of a book. Like sight reading music? Mm-hmm, exactly. Like that. Um, and then I remember when I was in sixth grade, um, most states, if not all of them, I think, have like all county and then all state bands. Mm. So in January, when you're a middle schooler and a high schooler, you go to these auditions at some county middle school or high school and you auditions for these all county all state bands um and they tell you like how to prepare like they're like play this many styles play this excerpt of a song and then they pick amongst the musicians that audition and then you get put in this band so sixth through eighth grade i did these all county jazz bands and then i also did the classical ones which were like a week apart. So it was like one weekend was the jazz one, one week, the next weekend was a classical one or some order like that. And then, so that was how I got into jazz was he introduced me to this music. He was like, you, I want you to audition for this. Here's this type of music. And I was like, oh man, this is great. Cause I can do whatever I want. And it was jazz on, yeah. a, on a trap kit. Or, yeah. it, okay. Basically. Yeah. So, so it, it's not like you were in the, the marching band or in Mm-mm. anything you you weren't I playing the timpani. Did. No, I never did that. That's such a, a and this was through school. This was this was not through school. Oh, it this wasn't. was outside of school. It was, okay. it was it was it was still in Durham, but it was not through school because I never went to because I went to Catholic school, like my whole until college, yep. and like the it they were never really big schools, so it mm. was it made sense that like the bands were never really good yeah and they weren't, there weren't yeah. a lot of people they couldn't field the, the they couldn't put everybody in the band no exactly <laughs> there weren't yeah. enough people interested no so you had to do it extracurricularly yeah outside of school and that's great because if you like i remember my experience going to a fairly large middle uh like uh public middle school and public high school there i don't remember there being opportunities for jazz ensemble or anything like that it was it was you were you were in the band mm-hmm. which was you know trumpets and violins and and uh it was like an orchestra but and then it became marching band in high school but you never i, I don't remember having the opportunity to play what i considered music that really translates you know to what you would play if you grew up to be a professional musician like I know there's a lot of people that are professional uh, musicians in the orchestra and and all that, but but it seems like the the practical kind of gets you ready for a, a real music career. Uh, I didn't feel like those outlets were really there. So it's cool that you get that you were able to get on it early and kind of find a, a niche or like a, a path forward that was supported. Yeah, it felt good. Like <clears throat> I remember. I remember when I was like smart in school and then at a certain (laughs) point I was like, oh, these people are definitely smarter than me now, but I'm way better at music than they are. Mm. And that felt so good. Gotcha. Like it, like not like it was, um, it was like probably like middle school, like seventh grade. I remember like really getting into music then. And so I guess I'd like fell off on my studies or something like that. I don't know. But like, 
in when, definitely when I got into high school, I was like, there are a lot of smart people here, <laughs> but like, I'm pretty good at music. <laughs> so that's going to be your path. I, that, exactly. That's what you, that's when you decided. Yeah. But it's, it's hard at, in college, like doing music because it's like, this is the thing that I'm best at, but it, it's such an uncertain career path. Yeah. I mean, what do, what do graduates do that, that aren't, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, people give, you know, art, art majors a really hard time because it's like, mm-hmm. what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? Teach? Oh yeah. And I remember being a senior in high school and telling people like once I had gotten into school for music and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, going to like social events with my parents and they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like for college, I was like, oh, I'm going to go study music. And they're like, mm, you don't want to do that. I had this kid or I had this kid do that. And you know, he's doing this now. He's like bartending or whatever. And yeah. it's like, I don't, I'm not your kid. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I'm not your kid and whatever. Maybe I want to do that. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. Maybe I want to bartend and play out four nights a week. Exactly. In, in, yeah. a, in a town and make and a decent like, living. That's basically what I did this summer is I worked at a restaurant made money there and then i made other like i did other gigs on the weekend and it was great did you play uh with a with a bunch of different bands this summer playing out just to kind of stretch your legs and have some fun um i think i mostly played with kingfisher this past summer because everyone was in town yeah most of the time um i think i played a couple like jazz gigs well jazz gigs jazz is like you're lucky to have that discipline, I feel like, because can't you plug and play pretty pretty easily into into things if you know the time signature and kind of know maybe the song and <laughs> yeah. can kind of get in get into it uh, uh, pretty easily without a bunch of without practicing with exactly. a band for a year. Which is that is what is great. That is what is great about jazz. Yeah, it's and, just being able to like do gigs like that. The improvisation part of it is so is so cool, and I've always gravitated towards improvisation stuff i love bluegrass music i love Mm -hmm. the improvisation that comes along with it i feel like bluegrass and jazz are like actually really tightly related i super agree you do yes i think so totally because it's like if you know the song you can play it and then you can solo over it it's it's the same thing i think yeah it, it it's always felt it's always felt like that to me and i've always thought that that is what music should be like i love super technical stuff i love i love you know, crazy time signature prog rock stuff. But I think that <laughs> when you when you get a group of people together who maybe don't know each other, but know the song a little bit or know a song that sounds like it or know the Nashville numbering system and can and can <laughs> sit around and play together, yeah. like it's beautiful. Yeah. And improvisation is where, you know, it, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of, of, of a few jam bands out there. But like uh, <laughs> that to me is where, the thing happens once and you got to see it or you got to hear yeah. it. It's not it's not like you went and heard this artist play the same song note for note that they have on their album. Uh, it's it's to me a really exciting way to experience music. I, and I assume it has to be the same way as a player. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, when you when you go out and you gig with with bands that you've never played before, played with before or played very little with? Is there like some trepidation? Like, do I? Do I take a break? Can, can I can I get in right here? There's or? tons of trepidation. And in fact, that's where a lot of my anxiety as a player comes from <laughs> is like playing with a group that hasn't rehearsed for, which is totally normal, I think, for a jazz musician. But 
um, it does it does really freak me out because there's this term. It's called vibing. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm always so afraid that someone's gonna vibe me. It's like wait, oh. what's what's vibing? So it's like if you don't know a tune that someone calls or uh, if you're you know not meeting someone's standards mm-hmm. they will vibe you they're like oh you don't know this tune why don't you know this tune like you 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 should know this it's a standard like you should definitely be able to play this that's what vibing is mm-hmm. it seems like a sanctimonious uh, kind of effort people think that they're better than you or or that that, that they're well, that's like super hipster approach but sometimes they are sometimes they're better than you and sometimes people are better than me and i know it and i'm like this is fair they're like this person could be like this person is way better than me they're telling me something that i need to hear but they could do it in a better way you know like sometimes we're on the bandstand as in like we're playing and they're like trying to they're trying to tell me what to do as it's happening and that is so scary Mm. but it's like it's stuff i need to learn but it it makes you feel bad yeah what's the what's the worst experience you've had Mm. on stage with so when i was a freshman i went to a jam session in detroit my like first or second week of school how far away from detroit is Ann Arbor? So Ann Arbor's like, I think like 25, 30 minutes away oh, from Detroit. Oh, it's not far. Not far. Okay. So I drove with this junior trumpet player and these two other freshmen, a guitar player and a piano player. We went to this uh, jam session at this place called Barters in Detroit. <clears throat> and it was like the second or third tune that was called while I was playing drums. I didn't know. And I agreed to play it. Like mistake on my part. Sure. But while I was playing, like the piano player like leaned over the piano and like, like, so let's say like I was facing like the crowd, which was just like people sitting at tables yep. to my left was the piano player to my right was the bass player. Bass, bass player was super nice. This trumpet player um, that I'd gone to this jam with knew this guy. So like I talked to him a bit, super nice guy. Um, and knew like that I was a freshman at the music school and like probably assumed that I was like nervous to be doing this. Sure. And but the piano player was like this old head, I don't know, probably like forties, fifties. He was like leaning over the piano and he was like yelling at me through the music. He was like, You gotta link up with the bass player, like you got to and I was like really, really trying to. And I just I couldn't please him and I just like I remember wanting to like just get up and like leave the kid at that point. I was just like, oh man, this feels so bad. And then I was, and then, so I didn't know what the term like vibe meant. And then I explained this to my drummer friend that I had met at school and he was like, oh, so he vibed you? And I was like, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, you got to explain that. And he was like, oh, he made you feel bad. And I was like, yeah, exactly. That's horrible. That's not why people get into music. Music's supposed to be fun. No, but... It's supposed to be that serious. I mean... I, but I'm sure he, like, heard something, you know, this guy... If he's, like... If this guy's, like... I bet he comes to this gym, like, every week mm. in Detroit, which is, like... Come on, like, everyone's gonna, like, be, like, pretty good. Yeah. So it's, like, 
I'm sure I could have learned a lot from this guy. And I'm sure I would have accepted a lot of knowledge he had to give me if he had not been yelling at me while I was playing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like, uh, like, do you feel like there's any uh, discrimination that you meet for being A, young, B, female? I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah, totally. I, 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 I think... I, I don't think a young dude would have been, like, talked to that same really? way. Yeah, for sure. Mm, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, that's not on it, you. It is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. <laughs> yeah. It's not on you. It's on that, it's on that other guy. Yeah. Good though. break, buddy. Yeah. Messing with Casey like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are, the, what are the, uh, the, the influences that got you into jazz i mean was it just because it was the way that you could play this instrument that you loved you felt like jazz drumming was the way that you could continue to play this or was it strictly that teacher or did you listen to music that, yeah, that I, got you involved i think one it was this teacher his name is russell he's one of my best friends still like we we text you know less frequently than like we used to talk but but he's a he's a drum instructor in Durham. In Durham, yeah. Awesome. Um so he got me like super into it just through like transcribing like jazz drummers solos and like you know, playing exactly what they would play and I was like, "Oh man, this sounds so good. I want to be able to do this through my own conviction. Like wow. make this music for myself and make it sound like this." And as com- as compelling for other young players. But it was also this idea that I realized, like, the reason, like, for all these auditions he had me do when I was so young, I had to learn so many styles. And I was like, oh, jazz drummers can just do anything they want. They learn how to do everything. And that is what I really wanted to do. And, like, the feel and the time that jazz drummers have, I think is just uncompared. And, like like and hip-hop drummers too like the same thing is it the idea that if you can do jazz and you always hear this term jazz trained musician like if you're Mm -hmm. a jazz trained musician you can kind of pick up other styles really easily so definitely really yeah and it feels like drums would be the maybe the one of the big the one of the bigger uh instruments in the jazz discipline that could translate very easily Definitely. I think it translates the easiest. It's definitely not as impressive as like how these other players do. Like there are um like for instance, this uh one of the saxophone players in Kingfisher, he's a jazz major. And he is he is phenomenal. He's so good. And then he just comes up, he he creates this insane like sound and like this music with the saxophone that sounds not a lot like what you think jazz is mm. for like Kingfisher, like on the intro and on like the song Talus. Yeah, the intro song, the, the, the intro to the album mm-hmm. is beautiful. It sets the vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Exactly. For the whole record. Yeah. And Talus, too? Talus. That's the one. It's like in the middle of the album. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you you think it's, it, it, it portends, it, 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 feels like jazz but it it's a jazz instrument but it kind of has a different feel to it definitely yeah it's 
That's great. Are all these people uh, that are in Kingfisher, are they all music majors? Everyone everyone is in the music school. Okay. Um, I think everyone is a jazz major except for three of them, which are Pat majors, which is performing arts technology. Mm. Yeah. Are those the ones that mix the album? Are those the two Sams? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's two Sams and then Case and the strings player. What what does Case play? Violin, viola, cello. Those are all. And she can play guitar very well as well. She can. Mm-hmm. Are the the uh, you said violin, cello, and viola. Viola the one in the middle. Yeah. So those are all uh, tuned the same, right? Is that right? Like, are they GDA? Four, four of them? You don't know? <laughs> You're going to learn that your junior year. Okay, that's that's right. That's in the <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> Case and tuning, junior year. Yeah. That's a class. Yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, like, do you have a lot of bands that are as big as this? Like, this is a big band. Eight people, Kingfisher mm-hmm. is. And to put all these different instruments together like what would you compare it to what's out there that has this same kind of lineup of instruments hard to say Um, like louis armstrong (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not that type of big band right it it's hard it's hard for me to put a finger on like what looks like this like it just to like get listeners to have a frame of reference without listening to the album, but I think they should listen to the album. Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But it is like a, it's a, it's a very interesting makeup of, Mm -hmm. of instruments. And I think it it works so well though. It does. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. And it's like the strings become part of the horn section, Mm. which is so cool. Mm. So, uh, what about your radio show? Okay. That was definitely more of like a summer excursion. Okay. So my friend Juliet, um, we shared a room this past summer. Um, the local radio station is WCBN FM, Ann Arbor, eighty-eight point three. Oh, there oh, you go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but we, well, she, um, got herself a radio show, and then we were like. We were best friends this past summer, and she was like, "You've you've got to come do this with me." I was like, "Of course I will." And so it's it's freeform radio. Um, what does that mean? You can just do whatever the fuck you want and play whatever music yeah, exactly. you want. Exactly. Yeah. So you can just like the person before us. He was it was two hours of blues hmm. with this guy. I don't remember his name, but I saw him every Saturday. Um, but is that when you guys were on Saturdays? Yeah, we were on Saturdays five to six. Um. And we would come up with ideas for certain Saturdays. Like one Saturday, I think we did like all like sad music. (laughs) One Saturday we did, oh, this one was my favorite. We did like growing up with us through the hour. Oh, cool. So we picked like music from like the first song we remember listening to. Oh, wow. um, Which for me was like Boogie on Reggae Woman by Stevie Wonder. No way. Because my dad would, if I was crying... He would like pick me up and then like dance me around to Stevie. So you were like three or four years old. Yeah, for sure. And ah, then it's a great cut. up through like high school, basically, mm. which was really fun. So you guys did a did a, a through the years thing, exactly your own own musical history. Yeah, and that was that was so fun. And what was the name of the show? 
Did it have a name? Cog- oh, it was co- called Cognitive Dissonance. Okay. I love it. Which we had a whole conversation about neither of us really knowing what that meant. I still um, don't think we, I know what it But we had friends that knew what it meant. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like you're, you want to do something, but you know you shouldn't. And so it's like, it's that dissonance, <laughs> but it's cognitive, you know? It's definitely buzzy. Like you see it in articles and, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's, it's just big words. It's just all yeah, big words. It's like Gaslight 2.0. It's like what? It's like <laughs> things I had to learn that people started saying. Yeah. That, it's laid way back in the boogie. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> well, what what are, uh, what are your, uh, what are the plans for Kingfisher? Are you guys going to keep it up? Are you guys going to keep playing even though school's back in? Are you going to play out more? Are you going to... It's got to be hard as hell to get eight people's schedules lined up to do anything. Dude, that is definitely the hardest part. It's so hard. Even just like for rehearsals or like when we want to all meet up together and like talk about whatever. We have to do these like polls. We have like in the group chat and like... There will be like three options in the polls. Yeah, you put a link it's out like, and then they... Pick- meet Saturday night, meet Friday night, meet Sunday night. Mm. And then everyone will like vote, but then you can also add options. And then it turns into like meet Saturday 12 to 1, meet Saturday Ugh. 1 to 2, meet Sunday 3 to 5. Like it it becomes insane. That's why but- somebody just needs to be like, listen, assholes, show up at this time. If you're not there... <laughs> Some, sometimes that happens not like a year out situation but sometimes yeah. it's like okay we're gonna meet this time whoever can come show up yeah does that um, happen to where you don't have the whole band there sometimes for rehearsals um yeah some yeah like over the summer for sure it happened like we would rehearse and then people would catch other people up when other people couldn't rehearse and and whatnot are you guys the most are, are you guys the most um I guess the most well-known or the most successful band in the school. Hmm. Because looking at the numbers on well, Spotify, it kind of seems Wolfpack. like. Wolfpack. Ah, the they all yeah. went to school at Ann Arbor. Yeah. So, they've, they've had uh, quite a career. Yeah. They've had their share of fun. So Jack Stratton, Corey Wong. Is mm-hmm. it, weren't both of them in it. Yeah. I like something that, that Wolfpack did that I, that, that Ben Folds used to do that I thought was really cool were the crowd melodies where they would get the crowd to to do mm-hmm. they would teach the crowd how to sing part of the melody and then they would have the crowd kind of perform the song yeah that was super cool that and does the, seem pretty cool it is it is neat and uh and that Corey Wong guy I think he's in I think he's in Wolfpack mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, uh dude he's amazing I've seen him play with some play with some uh like uh, those guys always came off as kind of. <sighs> I don't know. It was like, oh, this is kind of the Jack Johnson of like jam music or, the, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like just kind of generic. And then you realize that they're all studs. Like they're all amazingly talented <laughs> mm-hmm. musicians. Yeah. Were they all in the same school? Were they all in the music school? I think so. Were they? I don't know like the whole lore of it, but I know that they recorded at the Dieterstadt Center, which is where we recorded our whole first album. Really? Mm-hmm. So right behind Wolfpack, you guys are the, <laughs> the most famous band to come out of you. Right behind them. Right behind them. I, I mean, I, I think so. I don't know. We, most of our following is in Ann Arbor. And I will say a lot of that group are people we all know. I mean, there's eight of us. But that and so can't we have just be people that you know that are listening well, no, to this no, no, stuff. No, because like, you guys have a, a following that's out there. It says you have you well, know, tens of thousands of listeners a month on Spotify. <laughs> I've been a... Uh, introduced to this we posted something on like reddit mm-hmm. and there have been like people that are like 
people that like none of us know, which is crazy. I mean, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people that none of us know that are listening to it, which is yeah. great. But it's like to get feedback from people that none of us know about the album is insane. People that like it that aren't friends with us. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was the weird thing about this podcast for me is I thought it was going to be something that like my friends and family and people around town listen to. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, only, you know, less than half of the listeners of the show, I think are even in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it's nuts to look at like people in all 50 States and then like four or five countries in Europe and the Dominican Republic listen to the show every week. And it's like, no way. Yeah. And it's like, what, how did they, <laughs> Yeah. how did they get it? Shout What's up? What's up Spain? We, what's up Greece? How are you guys doing? <laughs> we have this um, Spotify for artists app. Yeah. Which like you can sign in if you yeah. have like published music on Spotify and you can see where people are listening to yeah. it. And it's like, number one, it's like Ann Arbor, Detroit, Chicago, Durham, whatever, oh, gotcha. whatever, whatever, Knoxville. Yeah. And it's like, you know yeah the connections so everybody else in the band's older yeah are they i'm, are they, I'm, I'm the baby so what's gonna happen like they, they gotta go do something they gotta we'll go to, see i think have you thought about that not to bring up a no you know, i've thought about it and my mom like to. i nearly had to talk to my mom about it but i was like i don't want to talk about it right now but it, i mean if it were to be like nice and successful i would at least take a gap year to see what i could do yeah but, well, I mean, we'll see. There's a whole other, like, eight months ahead of us. Or no, not even that. There's a whole other, like, six months ahead. Before everybody graduates? Before everybody graduates, yeah. yeah. And it also sucks because they're all my best friends, you know? Oh, that's great. So what is, uh, what then, to go back to the parents who said, oh, you don't want to do that music mm-hmm. thing. You don't want to do that. You don't want to make a career out of that. Like I'm, I'm sure you don't have uh, a trajectory, but you, you know, you might have some. You, you don't have a, a, maybe you don't have it perfectly figured out exactly where you want to go, but I'm sure you have some goals uh, for yeah. for for what you want to do with your music. Where do those land? Mm-hmm. I I know that I want to play the drums for music that I like for as long as I can. Okay. And Kingfisher is a great start to that because yeah. it's music that I really like, and I would play drums for Kingfisher for as long as I can. Yeah. And then after that, I would do the same thing. So you're like tall. You're taller than me. I'm tall. Oh yeah, yeah I've got I've got long, long legs. I look at a lot of drummers out there, at like Carter Beaufort from Dave Matthews Band, or mm-hmm. like. Uh, John Fishman and Fish. They're like five and a half feet tall. They're like, they're they're, they're not, they're not tall guys, but they work these, they work these, uh, they work these drum kits. Mm -hmm. Is your drum kit like spread out farther because your arms and legs are longer spread out farther than everybody else's? If you can imagine like sitting at a drum kit, the snare drum and the floor tom are both touching my right thigh. Okay. Like I keep them so close together. I keep, I think I keep the drum kit really close together. So are how many do you have two do you have two toms? Usually I play with a snare drum, one rack tom, and definitely one floor tom, maybe two floor toms. So one one that is pitched lower than the one immediately to my right. But above the kick. Yes, it's like doom doom doom. Like that. Yeah. And then hi hats, uh 
crash symbol crash and, and ride symbol. Yeah. D- does this all fit in the back of your vehicle? Oh, it all fits in the back of my vehicle. When I what do you drive? I drive a Subaru Crosstrek. Oh wow! And my mom and I. So I, after my freshman year, I flew home to Durham, and my mom and I drove back up to Michigan to move me into my current house, and um, we fit two drum kits in the car. What about all your stuff? Along with my stuff. <laughs> and your mom. And my mom. It was I bet great. you guys were cramped. We fit. No, we weren't. I mean, we we both just sat in the two front seats. The two drum kits fit fine. So that's two. That's two fl- kick drums. Two kick drums. Three floor toms at two least. Two snare drums. No, just two floor toms. Just two floor toms. Yet two. Two four piece kits. In, the Subaru Crosstrek. Along with my symbol bag, which I, sp- I mean, the symbols are all the same. Yeah. So yeah. And they're flat, easy to store. And they're flat and they're easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does your gear take like wear and tear from from getting thrown all over the place? It and- definitely does, especially because I will let anyone borrow my gear. Oh, I'm not nice. very picky. Good for you. About that. Spread the love. Yeah, I'm super chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the friend to have if you want to. Bum some gear off somebody. Definitely. <laughs> I, I remember when I played drums, I, uh, I always, yeah, when I was a kid, that was the first instrument I played. Uh, I got, uh, wait, did you live in the same neighborhood as Sarah? Sarah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And had a drum kit in the basement. A Mapex, is that right? Is that a, 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 a brand? Mapex. Yeah. M A P E X. Okay. Mapex. I don't know, but it was, uh, let's see. I had a, I had a snare drum. I mm-hmm. had, Two toms, you call it rack toms that are connected toms, to your yeah. connected to your kick drum. Yeah, and then I had, uh, yeah, floor tom and a, and a crash and a ride cymbal and hi hats. Yeah, okay. it's like what's that? A five piece? Yeah, five. That? Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a five piece drum kit okay. and I played for. I took lessons at Rick's Music and I learned how to play Rage Against the Machine songs, and I uh, uh, played for probably two or three years. Uh, we played in the talent shows at school. What and, Rage Against the Machine songs? Because that's my like workout playlist. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bomb track? No. Uh, Tire Me, the one that was really kick drum heavy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Bulls on Parade and all that kind of okay, stuff okay. where you're just beating the shit out of the drum mm-hmm. kit. But, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but that was how I learned how to read music was playing Rage Against Machine songs or learned how to read music for drums mm-hmm. was playing Rage Against Machine songs. Then I picked up the guitar because, you know, everybody in the band was knew how to play it and I, it was easier. Everyone to play. knows how to play the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like, okay, so your family, like, is that, was the guitar the first thing that was laying around the house? Like with your brother and your dad. Yes, and, yeah. the, the guitar was the first thing laying around the house for sure. Did they? Did your did your dad and your and your did your parents and your and your brother play, or I know was it just kind of leaning in the corner? The like first the one guitar in my house was my brother's. I don't remember him playing it a lot, mm. um, but I remember when my dad like got his guitar. I was like, oh, this sounds so good. Like it, it just, it was very nice. Like he was on like some business excursion and this guy wanted him to be part of his company. And so he bought my dad a guitar and my dad was like, yeah, sure. I'll work for you. <laughs> um, so I started playing that guitar and that was how I would like 
I was like, oh, this sounds so good, better than something I've ever, like any other guitar I've played before. And so that's how I would start writing music mm. is through that. It's through guitars because that was the only in- instrument around the house at that time. So was that before drums? Yes. Okay. And drums are hard to write a melody with. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so did you write any of the songs on the on the last album, on the Kingfisher album? No. It was mostly Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you do write music. Mm-hmm. You do? You write mm-hmm. your own stuff, like uh, little singer-songwriter ditties or uh, acoustic guitar tracks that you're trying to work out lyrics to? What's your... Uh... Um. Usually I write like full songs at at once or or within two or three days. Lyrics and melodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What are the what kind of, what do they sound like? Um, they sound like music that I would write. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's definitely like singer songwriter. Like folky. Yeah. Oh stuff. yeah. Super super folky. I think. So, so the area that you come from. Um, Durham mm-hmm. is where you grew up your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only place you've ever lived until you moved off to college, right? Same house for 18 years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think, is, isn't Mandolin Orange from like Chapel Hill? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking. And I took, I used to take, I took, I've taken a few lessons from the drummer from that band. From Mandolin Orange. I think Orange. it's called Watch House or now Yeah, they're or called something. Watch House now. Yeah, but Mandolin Orange, yeah. Yeah, their bass player, uh, Clint Mulliken lives in Knoxville. He was a bass player really? who played upright bass for, for Mandolin Orange oh, cool. for the last few years before mm-hmm. they turned into Watch House. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always thought it was interesting that you would hear about, uh, you would see a band like Mandolin Orange or like Sylvanesso, for instance, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, what is 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 Chapel Hill, Durham, Raleigh like this hotbed of of music? I think so. It's I think it's, seems like it. I think it's awesome because I grew up with such great like hometown shows, like um, Mandolin Orange, Sylvanesso, um, His Gold Messenger, mm-hmm. all these bands that were like from Durham would play these shows and like I'm sure it was like their most packed shows whenever they were in Durham and and it was just it was it was great it was it was super inspiring to know that like someone from this area could be like that that nice at music do you remember watching these bands take off and being inspired Mm -hmm. by it did you see Mandolin Orange when there was nobody there or did you see Sylvanesso when there was you know I've never I've never seen Sylvanesso I saw Mandolin Orange at the North Carolina Museum of Art, I think when I was like like pretty early on in high school. Mm. And there weren't that many people there um, before there were Watch House. And then, I, I mean, like I haven't listened to a lot of their music since then, but I know they're like pretty popular amongst that genre now. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. They're, they've which is, got- it's so cool. I wonder why they changed their name. Like, Me too. That seems like a I thought really... Mandolin Orange was pretty cool. Maybe they thought it was kitschy, because it is. Yeah. But I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it, I think so. And it's a husband-wife team, too. Yeah. And they kind of run the show, I think. Call mm-hmm. the shots, decide what they want to do. But, like, I mean, I guess Prince did it. Yeah. <laughs> he turned himself... Ma- I, I would say Mandolin Orange is exactly like Prince. <laughs> I think they're about the same. 
you know. Well, they 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 both tried to rebrand and completely change their name in the middle of their uh, <laughs> careers. Not the mandolin orange is anywhere near as popular as Prince was, but still, I feel like you're kind of. You know, having to almost start over with a fan base or with a following or like name. You worked so hard for name recognition. Yeah. Uh, any other bands from from that area that that I'm missing out on? Hmm. Oh, Bonnie Light Horseman. Yeah. I know that's a big name. I haven't seen them in a while, but I know there's a lot of crossover in that band, like with Watch House. Mm. Um. Oh, and the drummer from from Bonnie Vare lives in Durham. Okay. And he's in in plays with lots of those groups mm. which is cool um and i'd like fr- it's cool because like it's lo- not like a connection but i can always like name drop these things because like these people live in durham and it's like oh yeah bon Iver, like the drummer from that band like lived <laughs> in my hometown and my friend babysat for him like all this shit and i'm like yeah you know durham's great <laughs> well it's good that it's good that uh that happens to be one of the influences on the band. Yeah. On, oh, absolutely. On the band now, so you do have a little yeah cachet. Well, what else? What have we missed? What's what's coming up, or what are you excited about? Is there anything that mm. uh, I know that I missed out on? I think. Well, Kingfisher is going to play a show in January. I hope we play a show in December before then, because mm. I think we should. Because the album's just come out, and we haven't played a show since. Really. Yeah. It seems like people are excited about the album. If you look at yeah, we've I'm, I've signed in recently. I've gained access to the Kingfisher Instagram account. Look at you go, and I can like see all these DMs that we get, and people are like, "Oh, you should play a show," and I'm like, so "You got fans that are saying come, come play." Yeah, we we potentially might go on a on a slight tour on the summer. You should. I think we should. You too. totally should. Do you think it'll be college campuses, or do you think it'll be? Uh, listening rooms I think more of that vibe yeah what was the New York stuff like did you go to Manhattan no so both we played two shows in New York we went for I think we were in New York for four days just like couch surfing everyone just trying to find any connection they had in New York for a place to stay um we played one show on a rooftop of a walk-up in Brooklyn nice that was fine we sounded okay and then the next night we played in someone's living room and it was like one of our best shows. Really? It was, like it was a, so good. Dude, my buddy Eric Baker plays house parties all the time and like they pay him a ton of money to come and do, and no do house parties. He invites like, you know, they invite 40 or 50 people over. Yeah. And it's like some of his favorite things to do. He takes his family with him. They have, well, that's one of the things about Ann Arbor is that we'll, we'll play, we'll play house shows that turn into parties but we don't get paid we don't charge people to come yeah and it's 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 a hard like it's a hard middle ground to find because we want people to come but they're college students and if if we know like they don't have a lot of you know yeah they don't want to be thrown around 20 bucks for a concert yeah it's hard to ask people to come to what they think might be a party and pay to go yeah so you know, it's it's been hard trying to find a way to like tell people like, oh, even though this is in a house and it's in a basement because we, you know, we're not playing in a venue, we we couldn't book a venue. It's still a show that we'd like you to pay for. So what usually ends up happening at these house shows is we play in someone's basement, but you know, people will will put uh, 
like pieces of paper up with like Venmos on it that'll yeah. say, if you like the band, you know, yeah. give whatever you can. Sure. And you know, that's worked. It's It's been fine. Yeah. It's a virtual tip jar. Yeah, exactly. It's a tip jar. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited and I hope that you guys tour in the summer. Me too. And not, not that you, you know, should not continue to get your education, but I hope that your gap year happens because the band is going gangbusters. Uh, that would be so way awesome. Back way in the buggy, dude. I'm telling you, I think that'd be the way to do yeah. it. Be a, a great thing and a great experience. And you're already having awesome experiences. And I'm, I don't know. I'm super excited to see it because you're already having like such a, I don't know, such a meaningful college experience. Mm -hmm. You're not just going and taking tests and, you know. No, I don't even know how many. I think I've taken maybe like three tests. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But you're still getting an education. You're exactly. still getting the, yeah. the college experience. I'm sure you're still able to hang out with friends and have a social life. Mm -hmm. But you're still also having like very adult things. You're still, you know, spending spending time as a professional, you know. It's amazing. I'm it's pretty great. Super happy for you. Thanks. And I'm glad that we got to sit down and do this too. And I hope that uh I hope that it's not uh I hope that it's not next Thanksgiving before I get to see you again. You should come to Michigan. Might have to. Just get a babysitter. <laughs> Might have to bring the kids. Like campgrounds. <laughs> don't bring them. Don't bring them. <laughs> no, let's have fun. If you want to have fun, don't bring them. <laughs> Casey, thanks for doing this. I appreciate Thank you for having me. So glad to see you, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Maybe we'll do this again oh, one yeah, day. Oh yeah, cuz yeah, yeah. The cool cousins. The cool cousins. <laughs> see you, man. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, all right. I love it. I hope you guys did too. Thank you guys for being here again. I hope everyone had an incredible holiday, as good as ours was. And uh, the cold weather's supposed to be coming back. So go to the website, southofscruffy.com, click on the merch tab, check out the Howdy Y'all hoodies. Those are flying off the shelves. People are digging them. They're really nice hoodies. I love them. I wore mine over the holidays. Stay nice and cozy. But again, thank you guys for being here. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. See you guys next week, all right? Pitch wire, play me.